No Directions Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by Roll for Combat's new Fall of Plaguestone Pathfinder 2e actual play podcast. Featuring Stephen Glicker, Jason McDonald, Rob Tremarco, and No Directions own Lauren Sig and Vanessa Hoskins. Find it and other Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts, interviews, and reviews at RollForCombat.com. No Direction presents our Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. We'd like to thank our seminar team, Lauren Sieg, James Ballad, Vanessa Hoskins, and me, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We'd also like to thank Peyton Smith from Paizo for helping getting this produced. This content and more great seminar coverage, as well as Pathfinder and Starfinder content, is available at NoDirectionPodcast.com. Hi, and welcome to the Starfinder Adventure Path Question and Answer Seminar. Uh, I'm Rob McCrary. I'm the Creative Director for Starfinder. I'm Jason Keeley. I'm a developer for Starfinder on the Adventure Paths. And I'm Jason Tondro. I'm also a developer on the Adventure Paths. This is sort of big news because Jason is going to be joining us over from the editing team uh, very shortly. So yeah. he's our, new, uh, our new, newest newbie. I, I was in editing for a year and a half at Paizo, and I wrote uh, Starfinder 18 and... Uh, Twenty-seven, which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and one of the and Pathfinder one fifty-one. I start in a couple of weeks. Busy, you've yeah. been busy. Yeah, this past right. year. We're excited to have you on the team, of course. Yes. And uh, well, it's, I'm su- it's, a, it's a privilege to work on Starfinder. And it's a pleasure to finally meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you again? No, okay. So we're going to talk about some of the uh, Starfinder Adventure Pass. We'll talk about what's going on now and what's coming up. Um, because we're talking about Adventure Pass, there probably will be some spoilers here, just because it's hard to talk about adventures without, but maybe not everything. And then we'll, you yeah. know, take questions and just talk about Starfinder and Adventure Paths. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, you want to, first Jason, Jason to my I immediate mean, left, what, do you want to? Yeah, well, we can start talking about it, basically. The, What's uh, going on now? The end of the Dawn of Flame Adventure Path is is upon us uh, with uh, Jason Tondro's uh, uh, Assault on the Crucible. Um, unfortunately, we don't have it in our stores right now, but it is a, an essentially an August release. Um, and uh, keep an eye out for it because it uh, ends things with is there anything with a bang? What's a better what's a better fire pun there? It ends things with a bonfire. That's bad. That's very bad. Um, but it's a it's a big uh, uh, explosive finale uh, in the middle of the sun, and um, you fight some 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 buff genies. I mean, I can talk about it very briefly. Give want. us a, give us a little taste. Uh, I just want to note that we we added a uh, a countdown mechanic to the adventure, so. The longer the players take to overcome their enemies, the longer that it takes them to work through the Crucible, the more havoc and damage gets inflicted on the Burning Archipelago while the players are busy. So if they take too long, they can actually defeat the big boss and then get back home and find that it's all been taken over by Afridi. <laughs> so there's a countdown me- mechanic, and then there's also a bunch of factions that we placed in the, in, in the, the base. So there's different little groups that are sort of power playing against each other. The goal being that your players can play through it and they have a lot of options, a lot of choices. There's a lot of different ways to work your way through the Crucible so that uh, maybe you you can try to brute force your way through it. You can try and pit different factions against each other. You can try and sneak through it. There's a lot of things for your envoys to do, a lot of stuff for your operatives to do. It's a, a, there's a, you, you need critical information to uh, to overcome the, the adventure, so your technomancers and your mystics will be busy. It's all designed to require all of those high-level spells and abilities that only 12th-level characters get access to. Right? Like, you can't really get through the dungeon without those things. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be fun and great. Cool. Uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, also, I think it's also an August release, or... 
something along those lines. Very soon uh, is the start of the Attack of the Swarm! Exclamation point, Adventure Path. Uh, I'm very excited about this one. This is the one of our big baddies. The Swarm has uh, uh, is going to attack this uh, this planet out in the vast. This whole system uh, and the PCs are uh, a, a part of a military, basically part of the army uh, on this on this planet. Uh, and they've got a. In that first volume, it doesn't go too well for everybody. Uh, you're basically at the tail end of the invasion from the Swarm, uh, and you've got to basically kind of fight your way across the landscape and get get evacuate the planet and do all sorts of uh, of good stuff. Um, that's by Patrick Brennan, and I'd like to showcase a little bit about, I've got a copy of it right here, show and tell, ooh, <laughs> isn't it nice? It's got uh, a lot of good stuff in it here, um, sort of a lot of more information about the swarm, uh, and uh, what I like to call a sort of a sort of a player's guide, sort of in the middle yeah. here, about bat- just about battle and the swarm, and it talks about like, who is, uh, who are the Suscalon Defense Force, in which the, the PCs are a part of, and... Uh, it's got uh, you know other, other themes that might get you help you get in the adventure, and then it's got two new themes. I love this picture. I'll show it. It's on the back too. This little Yusoki and and uh, just leaning on her powered armor, like yeah, I'm gonna wreck things up pretty soon. Um, and um, it's also got some more some some more gear that your first level players might want to buy. This uh, article is designed to be able to be printed out and sort of given out to your players, uh, so it contains no spoilers for the adventure. Um, uh, as uh, as this uh, as this adventure path progresses, uh, you're going to fight against the swarm in a lot of different places, and you're going to overcome a lot of other different challenges. Uh, uh, it gets a little weird in the in, in the middle uh, when you go into like these psychic landscapes and do all this stuff. There's a lot about Sheeran and the Sheeran Exodus from the swarm uh, back at uh, like zero. You know, right after the gap, uh, we talk a little bit about that history. We talk a, uh, a lot about uh, Hylax. Um, who is used to be the goddess of the swarm before they were the swarm, and also then took the Sheeran into her fold uh, when the, when she saw that they had they got their independence. There's a lot about her. There's some monasteries. This monastery on a comet you get to go to, uh, but then at the end it kind of comes right back. It comes full circle to be war again. So you retake Suscalon at the end in that last in that last adventure, um, and it's got we've got sort of missions around the city and uh, uh, some good uh, vehicle chases and military stuff going on there. And at the end you fight the the um, Ooh, the God Host, which is this a unique swarm creature, which has got five heads, and it's it's just a beast. Um, it's kind of a scary fight. I, I just did finish the development on that like like last week, and I'm like, ooh, ah, okay, well, good luck, everybody. You're gonna be 13th <laughs> level, so you know it's pretty good. You got some blessings from a goddess on your side. I think you'll, I think your players will make it, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough go. Um, we could sort of quickly go through the titles of those, I guess, if you all want. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, again, first volume is Fate of the Fifth uh, by Patrick Brennan. The second volume, which I also have a copy of here, is The Last Refuge uh, by Marilyn Butler. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, and um, this also, this one is sort of like uh, you've retreated to a, a colony of uh, in the in the area, and there's not a whole lot of swarm happening here. But this is sort of like the aftermath of war, and the, this uh, uh, there's a, a, a faction here led, led here by this android named Sister Spark. Who wants to sort of like, oh, we deserve this uh, swarm invasion? Why don't we embrace the swarm and we'll be welcomed? And everyone's like, you're crazy, lady. And Keskadai's um, throwing a baby on the cover. Yeah, yeah, he's helping that baby. Looks like he's. He looks, looks like he's like throwing. He's throwing, throwing, throwing the, the mom. So there's like, yeah. there's some, there's some, 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 some uh, uh, metropolitan, some city stuff that happens uh, in this. That's basically trying to accept all these refugees from a whole other planet. 
Uh, volume three is Husk World by Liz Liddell, and in that adventure, you, you travel to a world that has already been taken over by the swarm, uh, and so there's a little bit of a resistance faction that you get to help out, but the whole planet is just this kind of like dried up husk. Uh, you get to go inside of a swarm creature. Gross. Uh, uh, it's gross, uh, and then blow it up, and there's a good picture in that one of you driving away from the explosion. There's a lot of running and driving away from explosions in our art in this particular adventure path. Um, Volume four is The Forever Reliquary by Kate Baker. That's the one where you go to the comet, uh, meet some uh, devotees of Hylax, uh, undergo some Hylaxian trials, which are all about making first contact and, and doing good diplomacy. So that adventure, will, your, your envoys and your, your more charismatic characters will definitely shine. Uh, and then we move, and from there you get the Crown of Hylax, which lets you go into uh, the Swarm Hive Mind Mindscape. And that's Hive of Minds, uh, our fifth adventure by Thurston Hillman. And that's the weird one. Because it's it's all mental psychic landscapes of of the swarm, and it's you're basically invading swarm territory, but inside their brains, um, and it does a lot of weird uh, stuff. And that uh, then you get to meet some people who actually like uh, there's like hints of of, of ancient uh, swarm before they were swarm independence in there. Um, and then finally, it's uh, the God Host Ascends, and that's the one where you, by Ron Lundin. That's the one where you take back Susclon and fight this uh, five headed swarm. The, the art. They are for that one. They are for the the, the God Host. Turned out, <laughs> I said maybe it's got little tiny halos, and it looks like it's wearing a little sort of priest chasuble, and it totally does, and it's great. <laughs> um, and I can't wait for that to be full color and on the cover of a uh, of a of a of a volume of Venture Bad. Blah. All right, so that's Attack of the Swarm. That is our very next AP coming out. Mm-hmm. That'll wrap up in. January, right? Yeah, right about January. So then February, we have another, yeah. the next AP, we announced it at PaizoCon a couple months ago. Um, I think we're going to give a little bit more information. Yeah, it. we're going to try to give a little bit more, but not too much because that this one is all about secrets and mysteries and conspiracies, and we actually don't want to give away too much even to people who might be craving the spoilers because we want it to be a surprise to everybody what's going to happen. Is there some kind of conspiracy going on? There's a threefold conspiracy, as Hello. a matter of fact. Hey, uh, so Chris Sims, who uh, recently uh, uh, left us to go to Europe uh, forever, um, <laughs> uh, uh, we we miss you, buddy. Uh, as um, uh, it was the sort of the main driving force behind this one, uh, but he, of course he left us all of his notes, so we know exactly what it is, and they're all written in code. What? Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Space code. Space code. Um, okay. And this one, uh, so this one is, uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll let you know. This one is a lot about the unseen, and the unseen in our uh, setting are uh, sort of a collective noun for the reptoids, the greys, and this third faction known as uh, the Dece- Decepskians, a real mouthful, um, who are kind of like a uh, a fungal parasite species who can only gain sentience when they take over another sentient being's body. So while these three factions of the Unseen sort of get lumped together by conspiracy theorists, they don't necessarily all work together. Um, and the PCs will be sort of uncovering mysteries about these three uh, threefold conspiracy, these, uh, these three factions as they fight against one another and find out their own place in this conspiracy, uh, which is a bit of a doozy and it's something I don't want to spoil right now. Mm. <clears throat> Do you want me to talk about individual? We can, we can a talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah we, have a, we have all the titles and all the names. Um, the first one is called The Chimera Mystery. It's written by me, yours truly. Uh, and this, this one is a bit of a, a, a almost like a murder on the Orient Express mystery. So you're on this uh, transport that's going through the drift. Uh, the security officer, and then you've got some other guests uh, and whatnot, and uh, some, some, some shady um, 
uh, crew members and the security officer of the ship kind of goes missing and you know the PCs have sort of note maybe seen them arguing with somebody and they start to uh, someone asks them to, to look into this because uh, they believe it's um, you know partially their fault and they're guilty about it and uh, so you, gotta, you the the PCs go about unraveling this mystery sort of poking around the ship and finding all these sort of things that don't quite add up uh, and uh, eventually uh, the mystery is solved. But not, uh, maybe not in the way you might be expecting. Um, and uh, when the PCs finally... Uh, oh, and the ship stalls in the drift, so it's got that sort of like creepy... You're just floating out there, not, no, nothing... Uh, no help from anywhere, basically. Um, so uh, once you get off that ship, uh, you move on to the next adventure, uh, which is called The uh, Flight of the Sleepers by Owen Casey Stevens. And this is sort of a... Uh, it takes place in a bit of a gray... Um, uh, science facility. So there's all these weird gray experiments running around that the PCs are going to have to like fight their way through because they don't know uh, what they're doing there, why they're there. And then they get some help from the stewards, and the stewards are like, oh, something's blowing up. We need to go shut down this reactor. You go shut down that reactor. Um, and uh, so they, you know, they basically help the stewards uh, before they are able to take them off this uh, facility. The stewards like, we need your help first. So you help out the stewards, but maybe they're not quite what they seem either. Uh, maybe something's going on there. And indeed, the next adventure is called Deceiver's Moon by Mr. Jason Tondro here. Uh, I think what this might be the maximum number of Jasons ever to write uh, volumes of, an a, uh, of a single AP campaign. Okay. I don't know how many Jasons have written our... It's two. It's two, two and it's, okay. maximum. it's maximum. Trust me, I've, we've read them all. If we, if we get Jason Bowman to write one, then that would be... That we could do a th- put us all in one That would be AP. a threefold conspiracy. But... Oh, <laughs> threefold wow, conspiracy of Jasons. Ooh. Um... Uh, do you want to yeah, talk sure. a little bit about that? Uh, well, I, on for five like, hours? like you say, I don't want to give away too much, but you already hinted that the PCs start off sort of rescued by stewards, but maybe those stewards aren't what they appear to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a, a lot of kind of investigation. Uh, I think I can talk about the, yeah, the, 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 the abduction. That, so the, the PCs get abducted by aliens. So we have some gray abduction scenes. And I had a lot of fun going into... Uh, the mythology of alien abductions hmm. and working a lot of that into the adventure. So the players have, you know, they, they don't, the, the characters don't remember exactly what happened to them. So there's a long sort of, you know, how do they get their memories back? And can they question other people and try to gather evidence to find out what happened during their missing time? I've been put in some rules for hypnotizing each other. If you decide <laughs> that you want to get, get, uh, uh, do the post hypnotic, do the post hypnotic thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but ultimately, the players have to figure out what happened to them because they don't realize that they're actually in a really bad situation because the stewards are not are not actually what they seem to be. And so I we end that up was just a question. I thought we weren't sure. I thought maybe they weren't. May, the maybe the stewards aren't who, who they appear to be. And uh, uh, and so the second half or last third of the of the adventure turned into a whole different kind of adventure, where instead the players are. Uh, essentially hex crawling across Veros, I think is the name of it. Veros, this oh, yeah, volcanic, incredibly hostile hell moon of Bretheta. And uh, they've got limited life support and all kinds of environmental problems. And they're exploring this very dangerous environment, trying to find allies and resources so that they can get off the planet because they don't have a starship and their life support's running out. So it turns into a very different kind of adventure for the last reel, which I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, from there, we move on to The Hollow Cabal by Crystal Frazier. Um, and again, they sort of like get some information about what's going on with the stewards. So they end up having to go to Liavara and the uh, sort of arcology of Roselight, uh, which is a sort of a big sort of 
pink bubble city floating above that gas giant. Um, and indeed, they sort of maybe go through some steward uh, bureaucracy, get some stuff done. There may or may not be a sort of a steward version of Mulder and Scully in this adventure path. Um, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that I turns out. I want to believe there is. I want to believe there is, too. I set you up. See, that spiked it. We got this going. We've been working together too long now. Um, and uh, indeed, this is where they sort of uh, start to get at what uh, what might be going on in, uh, at the stewards and find out what else is happening, what other factions of the Unseen are also now mixing and influencing one another and their plans sort of bumping heads. Um, and uh, again, uh, just want to make sure that I don't say too much here. Um, there's a little bit about um, a... Um, a Barathu biotech firm that might be getting infiltrated and the PCs have to like, they're the only ones who know the truth, right? So like, like Fox, he can't just go to his boss and right. say like, hey, look, well, all this is going on. So they can't go to the stewards and get help. The PCs are the only ones who know the truth and they've got to basically warn everybody about it. So they get to run around acting, seeming like they're, you know, uh, unhinged conspiracy theorists, um, which will be, which will play pretty fun. One of the neat things about the, about writing this adventure path is that you have all these organizations like the stewards or other groups but our bad guys are all super stealthy, sneaky conspiracy types. So they can all, different factions can all infiltrate the same organization and not know that there's other rivals are also part of that organization, right? So you have sort of multiple groups all hidden inside the same container working at different odds and maybe, maybe discovering that, that their rivals are there and then what do they do and how do the players get stuck in the middle? And so it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, once they sort of like learn that something bad is about to happen, to, indeed to the uh, uh, confluence, the sort of leader Barathu mass of Brethida, they've got to stop that. And that's what happens in the Cradle Infestation by Vanessa Hoskins. Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> um, and in this one, they basically need to go and and and. Uh, uh, Sort of talk, go to this biotech firm, find out what's going on, stop the whatever's happening to save Confluence. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, again, it's sort of like, oh, it, the, the, the further we get in the description of this adventure path, the less I can actually say, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, there's going to be, we'll, we'll talk a lot about how the Brathus work because they get to merge with each other and then split off and do all sorts of uh, weird alien stuff. Uh, so we'll get a little bit more information about how that works and maybe what happens if you're playing a Barathu, uh, because you totally can, um, and this one. And um, so this again, all these sort of factions are realizing that they're in the same group, infiltrating the same group. So a lot of this coming in the head and the PCs get caught in the middle. And, and the uh, final adventure, Puppets Without Strings, uh, by Landon Winkler, is the... Oh boy, this is, I can is barely it, say is, anything about this. Is it, is it fair to, to talk about what Puppets means? Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. So the, this last one sort of comes to a head Hi, at. Ap- <laughs> no, oh, nice. yes, that's a sock puppet. This is more of a marionette. Um, uh, comes to a head at uh, Absalom Station, where the PCs think that maybe the Pact Council itself is in danger of being infiltrated by one or multiple factions of the Unseen. Um, and uh, once uh, once they are able to sort of get uh, the truth out there, uh, they can put a stop to it, and eventually. Uh, uh, have a big fight inside an a- just a flying saucer, just a straight up flying saucer uh, that's hidden outside of the uh, Absalom station in the Armada, uh, which is being um, controlled, you know, by this this gray 
leader for the most part called Mysteriarch Zaxo, which is a sort of, he's going to have like a big <laughs> Ming the Merciless collar. He's just going to be a, like a total 50s kind of cartoon looking guy. Like a Mars Attacks. Like guy. a Mars Attacks, but gray, big bulbous gray alien head. Um, and he's the one sort of been sort of been pulling the strings uh, uh, for for a while now. And once the PCs have uh, figured figured that out, they can take the battle to him and and punch him in his big gray head. And that's that's the threefold conspiracy. As much <laughs> as we can say, the the closer we get this is coming out, probably more will leak out, and eventually you'll find the big the big secret, which I have not yet revealed, uh, 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 which is gonna uh, hopefully uh, your players won't know that. If you're GMs and you want to GM this later, you want to keep this one as quiet as possible keep them away from every thread on the forums uh every even descriptions of the of the of the adventures on on, on paizo just keep them away from that because you want to surprise them uh in a lot of ways this uh has some similarities to um, the strange aeons adventure path which had like year you, you know here your players are amnesiacs and don't know what their pests were and they knew that ahead of time but then you get to reveal as the adventure goes on oh you actually weren't super nice people and you were working for this bad guy and he stole your memories um, this has a little bit in common with that so there's a big a big old reveal like that somewhere in the middle it, it felt like because we had done several other adventure paths by now that we could afford to maybe get a little bit riskier oh yeah and, and take some chances and so you'll find that that the, the threefold conspiracy path is is very different than all the other adventure paths that we've done, and we did that on purpose. So yeah. That was an intentional. I remember choice. though in the in the meeting again when I when one of us pitched the the big twist, and you were I, I was like, "What?" I was like, oh, you, "This is probably not going to happen, but what if?" And he was like, "Yes." And I was like, <laughs> "Shoot, all right, we're doing it." Right. Chris got super excited. We all got super excited about this one, um, and uh, yeah. So we can open, maybe open up the questions. Yeah, the characters are just going to get like deeper and deeper and learn more and more, or and maybe get more and more confused as they go more into right. the adventure <laughs> path. So it's really that's why we're talking about the, like trying to keep the spoilers yeah. out of the players because it's really like this organic thing as they just uncover more and more things. The intent with this adventure path is that at the end of every adventure, an, another layer gets peeled away from the onion. So you like, you think this, but actually this, and the PCs' minds get blown, and then you do the next adventure, but then they thought this was happening, but this is actually happening, and yeah. their minds get blown again. So we're we're hoping for six big. Mind, mind blows. That's uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's do some Q and A's. Yeah. Boys, yeah. that you guys got from them. That's great. Um, well, we've we've gotten a lot of feedback on our message boards that people that people like them. The, the sort of shorter thing. Um, we're kind of looking at what is the what is the best format for the particular story that we want to tell. So I think it's probably a pretty good chance that we're going to have another three volume AP coming out. And we don't really want to necessarily, we don't want to say, well, we're always going to do three or always going to do six volumes. We'll probably keep to those two and just kind of switch back and forth based mm -hmm. on the stories we want to tell and what we want to do. So I think there's a good chance we'll have another three volume. Yeah. It's, it's hard for a lot of players to just keep their group together long enough to get through. Cause it can take a year and a half to get through an AP. I think, I don't know what your experience or more, is. Yeah, or more, yeah, or more. So, so getting through uh, getting through three is just uh, it, it's more of a bite-sized chunk, you know, that the, a player group can do. So, I think the response has been good, and we have a lot of good motivation as creators to do that. As as we move along, all of this stuff gets done so far in advance. So, when we hear you out there, like, we want more three three part adventure paths. We have already maybe planned out two adventure paths ahead of time and done the as you know this goes through next August is what we've what we've talked about so far. Um, so we're we may seem like we're slow to respond, but we're actually just in the future, we're 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 in the future because we're the Starfinder team, yeah. um, and uh, so you know we're, we're we're listening. We're just it just takes a bit for us. Do anybody have any negative feedback on the the three part adventures? Anybody not like them? 
here in this room, all 12 of you. Hey, come on. <laughs> These are the most important 12, though. <laughs> yeah, no, they're here. That's why I want to know what, they want, what they're yeah. thinking. Yeah, okay. Fair so, enough. Right. I'm sure Twitch will tw lambast us. Yeah. Mm. Hi, Twitch. Actually, the next question does come from Twitch. Uh, Cthulhu was tasty asks, any chance there will ever be any higher level adventure paths, perhaps in those three part series? So that is a very good question because thus far, none of our adventures paths have topped out at above 13th level um, because just for the, the nature of the format and everything, we've had a couple of the three volumes that, what, Aeon Throne stopped at seven? Yeah. So, yeah but... um, that is also something we're looking at very closely as a way to get some high level content out there. So um, we don't have anything to announce yet, but we do recognize that that is sort of a, a hole in our releases at the moment mm -hmm. that we don't have anything for, for the higher level play. So yeah, we're definitely looking very closely at that. We hear you. Yeah. Players have all these cool high level abilities and we want to give you yeah. a chance to use them. Exactly. Another question from Twitch. Uh, let me, oh, I lost it. Well, I know some folks were asking more about those three-parters mm -hmm. and just wondering when they might be able to expect those again since everything planned right now is six-part. If you want to... I mean, you know, we haven't made it... I said we haven't made any announcements for sure, what's sure. happening next August. Um, People are very excited about it, though, on Twitch. I'm, I'm good, good, <laughs> good to hear. We've, we've seen all the, all, the, all the feedback in the forum, so, again, we're, we're, we're listening to you. That's about all I can say. And possibly the greys and the reptoids have erased my memory. <laughs> Can't be more specific than that. Uh, I, I assume we'll yeah. do whenever we announce what's coming out next August or September. It'll probably be maybe at PaizoCon next year or a little early before that. But yeah, we have like technically we have got you know Dawn of Flame happening, Tackless Storm about to start happening. We have three full conspiracy. We don't want to overload everyone with like here's the next eighteen things we're doing, yeah. uh, mainly because that'll sort of draw the focus away from our products that are physically currently exist. A uh, question for you. For somebody who's never played yeah. Starfinder, uh -huh. uh, played Star Wars, played some Pathfinder, yep. a lot of D&D, etc. Yep. Um, what would be your recommendation of the best starting adventure path to like for a rank newbies? I would say Dead Sons, which is our first adventure path that's Partially self-serving because I wrote the first <laughs> adventure for that. That's before I became creative director. I was the uh, I was helming the adventure paths on because I had done a lot of work on the Pathfinder adventure paths. I moved over to to Starfinder. So that that first adventure path, Dead Sons, was really the first adventure content we'd ever done for Starfinder. And so it's really designed, particularly the first adventure, was sort of designed as sort of help GMs through. And it's just like, hey, this is how it works here because this mm -hmm. isn't Pathfinder. And the whole adventure path kind of goes through and gradually expands throughout the setting to show both players and GMs just the scope of the setting. So it starts off on Absalom Station, you're just on the single space station, you then go to a few other planets in the packed worlds, and by the end of it, you're out in the vast and all these other planets far in the distant galaxy. So that's my personal recommendation because we kind of designed that adventure path to be everyone's introduction to Starfinder, um, but other people may have different opinions. Yeah, I, I agree that it has that, the, the, because it shows the scope of the whole setting essentially in a lot of ways and the first one was written to be a little more um i don't want to say hand holding but definitely just sort of hey make sure to remember that this is how this works and check this page on the core rule book and remember how this works yeah like more guidance more guidance yeah more exactly um i mean if you're looking at uh if people who are maybe familiar with rpgs that's a good place to start and want to start with starfinder if you're sort of got some players who aren't familiar with rpgs in general we also have our beginner box mm -hmm. which is a good start to sort of 
get you into the uh, the feeling of Starfinder, and it has an adventure an, an adventure in there that you can run players through uh, in a night or two, um, and then maybe from there, you know, if they're comfortable with it, graduate up to the core rulebook and move into it. You can always start an adventure path at second level, even though it starts at first. You'd have to do some tweaking. That's up to the GM, but the, the players won't notice. You know, I, I would go to your players or try to find out what their interests are because all of the adventure paths have a very distinct kind of flavor to them. You know, um, Attack of the Swarm is a great example because if, if your group is the sort of people that like to quote from Starship Troopers, right, <laughs> or, or aliens... Right, then this is absolutely the adventure path. The only way to be sure. Exactly. Like if 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 you all know those quotes, then we'll get a chance to use all of those quotes in the Attack of the Swarm <laughs> path. Right. So you'll you'll be in good shape. Conversely, if they want a more fantasy to their science fiction, if they want to be able to explore like maybe high magic at the same time as they're flying around in their spaceships with their laser pistols, then look at Dawn of Flame, which is all about like fighting genies from the elemental plane of fire who have invaded. Um, invaded the, the sun. Yeah, to be clear. Specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're inside the sun. In the, it's in, the, yeah, yeah, so the, the, the adventures all take place inside the sun, so it's mm -hmm. very high fantasy. Um, the Eon Throne three-part adventure path is the sort of classic evil empire. If you if your players like want to take on you know the evil empire, and because it's only three episodes, it's, it's great for new players and new groups. And then, of course, we have a whole three-part horror-themed uh, so if your players are really into, you know, the, the Lovecraftian or the, the horror stuff, psychological horror, body horror, that's the signal of screams, right, yeah, is, the, yeah. is the name of that path. So that they all really have a very distinctive kind of tone. And, and talk to your players, like show them the covers and say, which ones of these sounds great? And, and you, you'll be in good shape. Yeah. They're all great. It's good advice. I have another question from Twitch. Uh, the Bardic one is wondering with... Uh, bandwidth being what it is. With Pathfinder 2nd Edition out now, mm. will we be able to see longer Starfinder AP books or they will likely remain the same length? Uh. I'm going to append or perhaps modules tacked in there somewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Creative Director. Those are all good questions. Again, um, it's, it's kind of too early to say what effects Pathfinder 2nd Edition will have because so much of the company has been focused on that. We don't know what it's like after we've released Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We'll find that out next week um, at work. Right now, the, the Starfinder team, we've had some shakeups. We've had a few people that have moved on to different things. We've just started rebuilding the team back together. So there's no immediate plans to change the length of the of the adventure paths. Um, I'm never going to say never because I worked on the Pathfinder adventure path for years, yeah. which is 96 pages instead of 64. So I know it's possible. So that may happen. Um, standalone adventures are another thing. We've still got a pretty small team. And so we're still looking for ways to do standalone modules or adventures. Yeah. Um, don't have anything, don't have any like hard plans or anything to announce yet. But it's, it's something that we, it's one of these things that we recognize is kind of an, an, another gap that we'd like to fill. We just haven't figured out how to fill that yet. Yeah, I, I just want to say, like, nobody would be happier to have standalone Starfinder modules than us. Like, we would all love to have yeah. that happen. That that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, we, and we, I, I wish we could do that. Like, that would be great. You know, in, in the meantime, I would say, you know, uh, grab a couple of Starfinder Society scenarios right. and just don't have to play them in society. You can play them at home, jam them for your group, and that takes a night or two uh, right. if you want to. And many of them are out. connected to each other, yeah, too, you can so have you can a, build a story build a out whole of arc out of it. Yeah, exactly. And there are new ones of those. You know, if you're not familiar with those, they're new ones every month, and they're designed to be run in convention or evening slots of four to five hours. So they're, they're good standalone things that you can link some of yeah. them together, too. Yeah. So, and there's... I forget how many there are now. We're in season two now, so there's a lot. Yeah. There's there's over thirty. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. 
So you definitely check if you're if you need some standalone stuff. You don't want to do a whole big campaign like the Adventure Path. Check out some of the Starfinder Society scenarios. Yeah, and they're really they're like five bucks. They're yeah. really they're PDFs. You download them from Paizo.com. They're great. Uh, but we would love and we would love to do longer adventures if we could, but we just don't know if we can. Says you. Says me. This is draining enough as it is. <laughs> now, you haven't really started everything. developing yeah, any yeah, of these yeah, yet, Jason. Wait, just Care- wait. Careful what you're saying. You know, he, he's telling the truth. Our team is small. There's six people. It's all of Star... Well, seven. Seven with Thurston, right? Yes. And, and yeah, so there's yeah, seven of us. That's not a lot of people to do, uh, to do everything. Hardbacks and scenarios and all that stuff, yeah. You have a question? Uh, yes. Um, sorry, in the original Pathfinder setting, the drow were kind of like the, the dirty mm. secret that nobody talked about. Mm. And and now in Starfinder, they're mm. kind of out in the open, and they're mm-hmm. like the packed world's biggest arms dealer, mm-hmm. and they control this moon that's got like all kinds of mystery shrouded around mm-hmm. it. I was wondering if there might be any plans to uh, do anything with that. It's you know we uh, as often when we say in this Starfinder Adventure Path Q and A, we have a big list and uh, of Adventure Path of ideas. Adventure Path ideas. Exactly, we have a big list of Adventure Path that we'd, we'd love to do, and, and that that excite us. Uh, you know, again, we only do like two a year, so it becomes uh, a trick to pick the right one and who's ex- most excited about this next mm-hmm. thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. So the drow, doing something with Aposte and the Drow, which is basically Aposte is essentially a planet-sized dungeon, and uh, it's up there at the top of the map. There, there. The top yeah. of the map. Um, and uh, it's definitely ripe for the picking. One of the neat things about the Drow is because they are arms dealers, they make really great walk-on supporting characters and villains. So you'll be in the middle of an adventure just sort of doing your thing and then the drow arms dealer shows up as a contact or potential ally or potential he, that yeah. character is not particularly critical to the plot but it allows us to bring those characters in and play with them a little bit it doesn't allow us to reveal a whole lot of new mystery or push the apostate plot forward but it allows us to play with the drow and keep them in the story yeah so, so that's kind of fun I'm saying I, I neither confirm nor deny. I can say that the, the Aposte is, is, on our, is on our list. I can't guarantee we'll ever do it because yeah. we keep getting new ideas. And I'm sure when Jason gets fully on board onto yeah. the team, he's going to bring some more ideas we're going to add to that list. But if, it's something that we, that we have kicked around. It's like, that would be a cool story. If, if there was an interstellar uh, Aposte plot, it would be really unhealthy to talk about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's this red dot. Um, there is a, a, a speaking of what, what what Jason said. There is a drow no arms noble uh, drow arms dealer in volume six of Attack of the Swarm who shows up as a there sort of wrench in the ge- you know in in the, in the gears. Yeah, I was thinking in one of the scenarios that I just recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's so, a yeah, whole. There is a night at night arch which is a takes place on a poste. That's a scenario. I can't remember what number it is, uh, but check it out. So I know you mentioned that you don't really know fully what the release of second edition Pathfinder is mm. going to do for your development and what you're doing, but has there been any discussion, like from a story side, the changes that have come about on Galarian, does that affect anything that you have mm. planned or anything, any sort of ideas that you had about the Pact Worlds? Not really, because that's one of the reasons why we created the gap right. as the sort right. of key mystery of the setting is to incorporate any changes that might happen to Galarian. It's, it's both with the gap and with the fact that Galarian has gone missing in in Starfinder is a way to basically allow both Pathfinder and Starfinder to tell the stories that we want to without yeah. people who are playing both. Like, this doesn't make sense because I played this adventure <laughs> that said this and now this adventure. And so it's kind of... We so far, you know, there's a, a few things. That, interestingly, the one thing that's most hard to deal with is with the sort of multiverse beyond all the different planes and everything. Mm. We can take Galarian and put it somewhere, but hell is still hell and heaven is still heaven. And so, trying to keep some of that 
stuff together. Um, fortunately, they don't really in involve themselves in the plots of Galarian all that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides... When they do. Well, yeah, but it's like, <laughs> you know, but there's not a whole lot of adventure paths where, you, I mean, we, we do occasionally go to like hell yeah. or, or something like yeah. that, but it's not a whole lot. So we're able, we're trying to kind of see what would the throughput be for those, but we can kind of, kind of set Galarian and Pathfinder aside and do the same, do the same thing. I mean, we already have space goblins and you can play them. So, I mean, we, <laughs> right. were, we were there first. We were there I first, think. I yeah. think, yeah. <laughs> the, there's a kind of like high level, just sort of minory stuff like that, 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 um, uh, kind of kind of bleeds in or bleeds in early, like like the fact that and and most of this is sort of like creative directory IP stuff, right? We kind of got away from calling them chitons in Pathfinder. We definitely didn't do that in Starfinder. We all kind of talked about that, before, you know, as as things were happening. It's like, they're Velstrax, and that's what they're you know that's what they called themselves, and that's what we should be calling them from now on. Um, so like stuff like that does because it's planar stuff that is essentially the same uh, from uh, century to century. Um, so. But that doesn't really like affect our stories, really. You know, that's yeah. just sort of the names of things. Yeah, this this is exactly why the gap was invented, right? To give yeah. us a little story insurance. Yeah, I love I love the term for that. Yeah, <laughs> story insurance. Our next question is from Twitch. TRDG11 asks, could an AP in the future be along the lines of the Expanse book television show? I'm going mm. to turn to Robin Curry, who did, did a, do a little work on the Expanse RPG to I talk try. about a different role-playing game here. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the Expanse, so it's I, I love that the, the series and the books and everything. Um, it's it's interesting because you, the Expanse is, is ultimately about humanity kind of expanding into into space beyond beyond the solar system, and in Starfinder, that's kind of the assumed. Obviously, we have more than just humanity, but you know we have a whole bunch of mm -hmm. races and a whole bunch of aliens, and they're going all through the galaxy and everything. Um, I think the closest that we've talked about that is sort of ideas about either going exploring a completely new region of space and forming a colony there, which could be similar. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it could be it could be really interesting though to kind of start from base and like kind of go out, but that would be very yeah. different from the rest of of Starfinder yeah. if we had something that was more about like. Oh, you're confined to one solar system, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we were talking yeah. a little bit about like what happens if you happen to go to this space that does that the drift doesn't work, and then you crash land, and you basically got to like uh, do like a survival type sim where you've mm -hmm. got to build from nothing a new spaceship to yeah. get out of there, right? And that becomes a bit like a maybe it's a like a exploration type deal as well as gathering resources, and then eventually it could get very expansive when you finally are able to like build 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 rockets for the fir for the first time and rebuild them, right, and then get up into the upper atmospheres and then so this is a, it's a possible it's it's you know we can kind of do a little lots of different styles and themes with starfinder so i just actually i just read the first expanse novel and um and i was really struck by the two different plot lines going on at the same time in the first book right you've got this sort of murder mystery or kidnapping rescue mm -hmm. that's going on but the other half of it is very much a bridge crew plot Right, and of course, and this is where I talk about my my interview with with y'all. Where at the very last minute, the very last question of my interview, they asked me, "So it's your chance to pitch an AP." Like Eric Mona comes out of a helicopter and says, "What do you want your adventure path to be?" And and I had to think about it for a minute. But eventually, my pitch was a bridge crew AP, where the the players are part are, are on a starship, and the starship is critical to the story. Uh, but but there's a lot of challenges to that, and we may not be able to do it right now. But but. 
I would love to do something like that, where the players are, in that sense of the expanse, making it like the expanse in that way, where the players are all kind of the bridge crew of a ship, like the the uh, uh, the Rosinante, and it's got its own character, and that part is that's critical to the story. I would love to do that. There's also, I mean, there's lots of themes within the expanse. I think another thing is there's a lot of political maneuvering yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, you have. Certainly at the, I don't want to spoil like the expanse for people who haven't really seen stuff, but you have like Earth and Mars and the Outer Planets Alliance, like these big political entities in the solar system. And I mm -hmm. think that's something we could play with a lot more easily is yeah, getting into, totally. we could do like a political thing about, you know, even within the pact worlds, which have all signed the Absalom Pact, there could still be political things that yeah. if we wanted to do some kind of big, you know, system spanning political entry. Especially thing, something would... which ends up giving the players a huge agency at the end, like the climactic end, where there's this huge political sort of knot and the players had the power to untie it in one of multiple ways. That would be really exciting. So we're... So cut through the knot with a sword. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, what, that's what they would do. Yeah, that's, how I would, that's how I would do it. Obviously, Jason Keeley's a hell knight. Um, <laughs> the next question comes from Twitch. Poison YEG asks, do the APs coming up have any of the three new classes as NPCs uh, or villains in them? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that very well might be the case. We haven't uh, developed all of them yet. So uh, I, I, I was a little... <sighs> For Attack of the Swarm, it was a little too early for me to get a, a, a biohacker in there, which is what I kind of wanted to do, at least for mm -hmm. like a minor, minor NPC. Mm -hmm. um, but um, or you know, but it doesn't mean you can't play them in there. Uh, and when it comes to Threefold Conspiracy, we might be able to pepper a couple of them in there once we figure out how to make them NPCs. So I was I was writing twenty seven as we were finishing up uh, the character operations manual, and so I wanted a couple of the characters in it to use the Witch Warper class or the mm -hmm. biohacker, but we hadn't quite gotten yeah. them completely. Right. But I was able to seed treasure for those classes in the adventure. So the, the, like there's weapons and gizmos and gadgets that biohackers can use, for example, from Character Operations Manual as treasure in 27. And certainly as once, once the Character Operations Manual is out and fully yeah. in there, we will, it's just because we're working ahead of, of things again. Eventually they will be showing more up. The new classes will be showing up more in the setting and adventures and stuff just as they kind of assume right. their role in the game. And so you get copies of the book so we can reference Yeah, sometimes the, the long schedule and the workflow becomes a, a kind of an obstacle that we have to overcome and we have to just wait for time. Time solves it. Uh, next question from Twitch again. Uh, Kinja1902001 uh, asks, are there any plans to make an evil adventure path for Starfinder? Oh. Ooh. Mm. Well, it that, took... That, that, that's not even on our list, I don't think. Maybe. What is now? Well, well yeah, I mean, because we, we, we've done one evil adventure path in Pathfinder, Hell's Vengeance, which I worked on, and it took like eight years to get to the point where Paizo mm -hmm. felt comfortable with doing an evil adventure path yeah. because I had, a, I had a long evil campaign for, for a while when I was younger, and, and it worked pretty well so then, so I wanted to see if we could do that in, in Pathfinder. I think it's still a little bit early in mm -hmm. Starfinder's... Um, life to to start doing that just because there are lots of things you have to sort of keep in mind and the players all need to be on board and because it can go it can go off the rails very easily mm -hmm. if everyone's not in agreement on how the game's working i i think another thing is that alignment although alignment exists in starfinder it doesn't quite have as large a role as it That's plays right. in pathfinder there's a lot more rules mechanics and things tied to alignment that we tried to minimize in in starfinder so while there's still you know evil things and you still have the personification of evil like 
you know, demons and devils and things, for instance, all undead are not automatically evil in Starfinder because there's a whole planet full of them and some of them just want to go to work and come home and, and talk to their undead puppy. And, and even if like they that. are evil, they're still part of the Pact Worlds. That's also yeah. true. So it's, it, it's certainly an interesting idea. We might toy around with that at some point, but we don't have any plans. Yeah. But maybe now we have a new idea to put on the list. Maybe yeah, I, I think a lot of the ad adventures that we've already put out would still work for a mixed alignment at least and maybe even for an all evil group i mean if if your home is going to get blown up by a freedy it doesn't really matter if you're good or evil you're going to want to stop them yeah yeah all right uh from twitch uh user Wizmac is really excited about the miniatures lines from WizKids and yeah. wants to know can we expect to see some specific minis that have been or will be in the adventure mm, paths that's a great idea oh from the adventure paths you've seen I I have seen. I'm yeah. trying to remember. Didn't we do if um, there's the Brassinea? Isn't that a mini? Do maybe that's gonna end up in. I think. Yeah. I mean, we haven't actually like announced any of the uh, any of the um, the minis that are in that are in the first set because mm -hmm. um, we're still doing sculpt and and paint step approvals uh, before they come out. Once once we have that stuff more in in place, I we'll start previewing that on the blog like we do with the Pathfinder Battles minis. Um, I do think there's there's definitely some I think that have been taken from the Alien Archives in the back of the yeah, APs. Yeah, yeah. There may even be a few that are um, NPCs or, or stuff illustrated in the APs. I mean, this is still relatively new and as we go forward, obviously we'll have if they're successful and we keep making more of them, we'll have more APs to choose from yeah. and it's you know, usually the minis that we do are based on art that we have because that gives the sculptors a good reference. And one of, besides our hardbacks, <laughs> most of our art comes in the adventure path. Yeah. So I can't guarantee in the first set, but I think there are some. But I'm sure as we go forward, there'll be more and more of that just because yeah. we have such great art in the APs. Yeah, and the, N the NPCs and the monsters that the fans talk about become good places for us to look to for making those choices. And I'm thinking of the. Is it Garagacol? Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, the Garagacol. The Garagacol. And like fan, players of, of that first AP adventure, they have debated that monster for a year and a half. You know? <laughs> so that makes it a really good choice. I, I have no idea because I know even less about it than Rob just talked about. But, uh, uh, but that's what I would – something like that. It's also important to point out that the the WizKids minis they're they're made by WizKids under license, so they also you know have some input into the process because yeah. they're like, oh, we can't do that because that's way too complicated to sculpt, and <laughs> yeah. it would be so you know th there is some give and take on that, but we usually have enough. It's not it's not totally our decision or totally their decision, but we work with them to sort of get the best mix of of minis to meet various different criteria, I guess. I'm probably in the wrong seminar because it's all I've got is newbie questions. No, but, no, you're uh, in the right seminar. <laughs> okay. So uh, the system of Starfinder, ship-to-ship yeah. uh, -ship combat. Yep. Uh, it's a big part of sci-fi, yep. obviously. Um, how, how, good, how much emphasis is there in the game on ship-to-ship -ship combat, whether armada or fighter ship? And, right. And specifically, could do character abilities yes. like... Put points into pilot yep. help you to talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, starship combat is pretty very much a part of our game. We assume in the Starfinder setting, and when you have a group that they have a starship that they work together to be basically a bridge crew for, 
Um, we have there's different roles, and indeed your skills are very important. But uh, you don't have to be a soldier to be the one who's on the guns, right? You can be anyone who has you know some good decks or some good piloting can shoot that gun pretty good. Um, and then you know, the other captain's generally the more charismatic person who can give bonuses to people. So all of that uh, uh, is is great for Starfinder. It's got a hex based sort of grid sort of fighting um, uh, components where facing is very important and it, it gets uh, it gets kind of tactical um, depending on you know how much your your players like that you can always sort of pare it down or or, or even yeah. uh, blow it up uh, and and when it comes to the adventure pass we do try to put one fight in there um, that as long as it makes sense right because all all of our adventure path volumes have you know, on the inside front cover a new starship with a starship stat block and then the sort of the map of the interior of that starship right um, so you can basically, if you wanted to, at some point, even if you don't play, if this doesn't appear in the adventure, or you don't fight it in the adventure, you can always just say like, "Hey PCs, you're now this level. You want, you know, you want this one," and they have a map that they can sort of call their home base and that sort of thing. Um, but we try to we try to make it uh, make sense because sometimes you're in a you're in a situation where uh, there's no starship combat because you're on this one planet for the whole adventure and it doesn't, you know. Uh, but we try to fit it in when we can. It's just sort of think, like at least one per volume kind of. I think my answer would be that there is as much starships in this in the game as your players want there to be, right? And by which I mean, like, if your players want to get into that, they can design their group as a bridge crew, and you have somebody that's on engineer. You have an engineer, and you have a science officer with high computers. Technomancers is sort of the classic person for that. You've got somebody on gunners. You've got a pilot. You've got a captain. Uh, often the captain is the hardest position to fill because players don't want to give orders to other players. Players are notoriously um, shy about telling other players what to do, and so no one wants to be captain, or they don't want to take the responsibility for being captain. Now, if you, I see the gut behind you, or maybe you, are you the opposite of this, or is this describing you? It's funny you asked that he should talk to players. Cause Fantastic. Good, <laughs> good, good. Um, but so you can totally get together and you can design your group to fly a starship together, and that, and, and, and it can be you can have a lot of fun. You can have a lot of starship combat. You can totally emphasize that. But if you don't want to do that, if that's just not that's just not the kind of science fiction you like. You don't have to. The, yeah. the starship can be a taxi taking you from one in cool location to another, one flying space hulk to one dangerous planet. And you don't have to deal with that if you don't want to. But if you do, the cool thing about Starfinder is is because it's not just science fiction; it's science fantasy. So we can also do like giant undead starships and giant plant starships and you know, space whales that are, can be killed and made into spaceships. And we can do all kinds of fantastic stuff that you can't just do in a lot of other sci-fi. Why would you kill a poor space whale to make a starship? Because out of it's space, a cool and... starship. That's why. Well, when you kill a giant space tardigrade to make a submarine out of it. <laughs> I do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're running short on time. So let's have a couple of just maybe one or two more questions. Last lightning round question, actually. Uh from Twitch, they're asking, uh, some adventure paths in the past, from Pathfinder, have made references to Earth, like Reign of Winter and Strange mm -hmm. Aeons. Do you have mm -hmm. any plans to make similar links to our world in future Starfinder adventure paths? No plans. No. <laughs> the yeah, short answer is short no. Short answer, lightning round. There's a, uh, also, no, lightning round. <laughs> yeah, let's different galaxy. Okay. It's a different galaxy. Well, um, so the threefold conspiracy, you know, you focus on the three races that make up the unseen, yeah. and, you know, they're always coming out with new stuff in the new alien archives. Yeah. And so I was wondering if there's going to be any alien ar or adventure paths that they'll, like, focus on another, like, interesting alien faction. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah. Yes, 100% yeah. yes. Um, but we can't talk about it right now, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, indeed, with Attack of the Swarm, there's a lot of new swarm creatures in here, so check that out and get a whole bunch of good art for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yes. Out. The answer is yes. Okay. Well, that's it. And thank you very uh, much, yeah. everyone, Thanks, for coming. Yeah. You know, those of you that are here, you want to come down to the Let Paizo us know booth. how your new game yeah. goes. That yeah, sounds exactly. like a fantastic game. Thank you. Thank you all. And that wraps up the Adventure Path Starfinder Q and A. Mm -hmm. uh, Keely's back with us. Hey, hey. Awesome. So. You guys have machinations. You're talking yes. about some very cool sci-fi fantasy adventures. Indeed, yeah, yeah, indeed. So uh, why, since I, I was a bit further away uh, sitting on that panel, I'll, I'll have a little more close-up view oh. of the cover of uh, uh, Attack of the Swarm number one, Fate of the Fifth by Patrick Brennan, and this hilarious Yusoki leaning on her power armor. Oh, let's get that back. nice yeah, and get that. That's one of my favorite pieces of art uh, uh, of the book so far. Um, and... Uh, you know, got some great stuff in here, and then also here's the next one. I got the next one too, and you don't have it yet. Um, uh, the Last Refuge by Marilyn Butler. Also, uh, uh, you know, an exciting uh, adventure. Yes. I definitely look forward to flipping through those. And our very own Vanessa Hoskins also worked on that, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see some stuff from Vanessa, indeed. indeed. And even more stuff from Vanessa coming up. She, uh, she's written an entire adventure for us uh, that will be coming out next year. Uh -huh. um, plus uh, a little bit of one or two articles in the, in the Threefold Conspiracy uh, Adventure Path. So now that Starfinder's really gotten itself established, how do you feel about some of the adventures and content that your team has managed to put out. Are you really happy about how it's gone? I'm happy about a, a lot of what we've done. I recognize that some things could have gone a little better here and there. Uh, to be honest, you know, uh, me being, I brought I got brought into the Starfinder team from being an editor and then just kind of like, hey, you want to do the Adventure Pass? Which was kind of just sort of uh, surprisingly a dream. <laughs> it was a dream of mine because I loved the Pathfinder Adventure Pass and I'd read all of them up to that point and run a bunch of them. Um, but so I had a lot, but I had a lot to learn and they basically were like, here's number five of Dead Sons, go. And I'm like, oh, Okay, um, so as a, as I'm working, I'm recognizing that there's some things I you know I should have thought of that beforehand, maybe a little bit more. Um, and I'm keeping an eye on the forum, so if you're mm -hmm. out there, uh, you know, uh, feel free to give me a give me some tips and clues, and uh, I'll just keep getting better. I hope. And we got you know more Jason Tondro on there uh, coming up soon, and he'll you know I'll I'll impart all I know to him, and maybe he can teach me some stuff as well. Now, what are some of the stories that you've been able to explore in Starfinder that you just really haven't been able to explore in other systems? Oh, um, I mean, we've got, um, I'm just trying to think, this corruption's kind of happened. It's that it's that plucky uh, Aeon Throne adventure path where you're the plucky rebellions against the big star empire. You get to, uh, you know, the second volume, you get to basically break uh, people out of a high-tech prison moon, mm -hmm. um, which has a whole bunch of, uh, spoilers, by the way, sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that one had a, had a lot of good sort of like uh, definitely definitely science fiction feel to it mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Well, we will be back very shortly. All right. With our next panel. Bye. And that was part of No Direction's 2019 Gen Con seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. If you'd like to find more great content like this, go to nodirectionpodcast.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making content like this possible. If you'd like to support the network and see that future content is created, you can do so at patreon.com slash nodirection, or click on the Patreon link at nodirectionpodcast.com.